as soon as I started researching Twitch, what's it like to be a Twitch? Who's on Twitch? What, what's going on there? My heart immediately was like, these are my people. My heart goes out to them. This is who I want to communicate with. They are mm-hmm. people who are, you know, lonely, lost, disillusioned, people who with mental health issues, learning disabilities, people who have really been, you know, hurt by organizations, hurt by the church, just folks who are at home and they there's a reason that they're there. You're listening to the NCMU Podcast, where we are dedicated to raising up and equipping the next generation of nerd culture missionaries and are proud members of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. On this episode of the NCMU Podcast, Mark speaks with pastor and Twitch streamer Christian Ninja. Join the conversation as they talk about what it was like for him to find a renewed sense of spiritual purpose on Twitch after multiple cases of burnout, and how you can be encouraged to seek God in the midst of a troubling time. Hello and welcome back to the NCMU podcast, where we are dedicated to raising up and equipping the next generation of nerd culture missionaries. My name is Mark, the pastor of Lux Digital Church, and you are in, I don't know, some point in season two of NCMU. And so we're so glad to have you here. And with me today, I am joined um, by uh, by my good friend, Christian Ninja. Christian Ninja, welcome to the show. So glad to have you here with us today. And I'm super glad. What an honor to be here. Yeah, man. Well, uh, Christian Ninja, you and I got to hang out uh, a little bit earlier this year uh, at uh, Nerd Culture Ministry Summit in uh, in Texas, which was awesome. We did. You were busy. I'll, I'll give you that. You you had you had some stuff to do. I was I was just wandering around aimlessly, and I get to bump into you now and again. Yeah, you know, we it wasn't planned that way. Um, but <laughs> well, listen, like uh, Ninja, you were doing my, everything, man. I was watching because, well, like, you did everything from being on stage with the microphone to like you were boxing stuff, and then you went to the sound booth and you were fixing things over there. You're running around like <laughs> talking to folks and organizing. Like you were going like mad. It was awesome. Well, listen, you've been in ministry, so you know what it's like to like plan an event and sign up, you sign yourself up for responsibilities, and then not quite realize how many of them are happening simultaneously you know you, you've it done all looks that, good right? on paper yeah, yeah. you're like oh yeah i could be the mc and this and that and and then and then when it like comes to execution you're like what did i do why um oh my gosh well listen one of the things we love to do on the show ninja right when we get started is we love to get to know you and get to know our guests and so um we'd love to just hear a little bit of your story what brought you to where you are today and what brought you to what you're doing right now. So why don't you give us the, you know, the Christian Ninja overview, um, the, what brought you to the brand that you have and, and what you're doing on Twitch. Oh, good golly. What a, what a big question. I guess we'll start generally. I'm uh, married for almost 27 years now, four kids, nice. uh, been a lifelong nerd, nerd for a long time. Like when I was, I was a nerd before nerds were cool, you know, back before Big Bang Theory was trying to, you know, push the fact that nerds are somewhat okay. I was, you know, back in the day, it was, I was, felt like the only Christian in my school. I was the only one who knew how to run the computer whenever things were broken. Like they would call me out of math class to go fix the library computer. I was that level of nerd. You were so like the I, nerd that forged the path forward. I for was. Nerds like yes. Me, right. Like That's I right. walk in your shadow in many ways. Absolutely. Yes. The, 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 reason that people look out and go, man, we could probably use a nerd here is because of all the 
ones that got picked on and then ended up, you know, ruling the world anyway. Yeah. You got to be, uh-huh. be nice to your nerds, man, because they're the ones that are going to rule the world. Well, they said that, man. We, nerds have said that for years. And then, yep. uh, it, but it's real now. Like, it's, it's, it's true. It's for real now. Like, it happened. <laughs> yep. So, uh, the you know, I've been a streamer now for almost three years, anniversary in uh, in March. I'm actually going to be celebrating my 600th stream come April. So it's, wow. uh, I've been doing this for yeah quite some time. I have been uh, Christian Ninja for longer than that, though. I, I had a podcast for seven years before that, most sermon stuff and then news stuff and kind of trying to be all things to whatever I could do with that podcast. And that's kind of where it came from. I wrote a book called Art of the Christian Ninja, which is based on kind of an experience I had with God with uh, Matthew chapter six, right? It was, you know, when you pray, go into your closet. When you mm-hmm. give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And it started me making me think, what else does God want us to do as Christians that nobody's supposed to see? Right? Mm-hmm. And so that, that became Art of the Christian Ninja, and that became a little book. And then that's just kind of where that all, all came from. That's where my name came from. I love and, that. I did not know that story. Yeah. it's uh, It was actually such a neat book, too. I just did a little study for, for basically, like, young Christians, and then I worked with a manga artist to do, like, art on the side of it. it it's so it's so cool. I'm so proud of that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Well, you know, I love knowing a little bit of the background of your story because when you get into the space, of course, the name Ninja comes with a certain amount of, like, uh, weight or um you know if you're in the twitch space at all because ninja was the biggest like just ninja was the biggest streamer mm-hmm. forever so i didn't actually know that christian ninja is rooted in matthew 6 in this idea of like hey how can we as christians be stealthy about the good deeds that we have the way that we live the way that we serve jesus uh i love that so you were a pastor prior to doing this i know that personally tell us a little bit about that portion of your story I grew up, like I said, I grew up as a nerd. I was going to be computer guy. I was going Bill Gates mode for for basically my whole uh, high school career. I went to the Southern Alberta Institute of Technology, took computers, took uh, took programming, and hated it. Absolutely hated it. Mm. As soon as it became a job, you know, I was like, I don't like this at all. And then Mm. they were telling me I was going to have to do, uh, like, accounting software and, like, none of the fun, cool stuff that I wanted to do. And it was like, I don't like this. And so I I flunked out, and I, I... had to do something so in order to be registered in order to get a job at the mill for the summer you had to be registered at some school somewhere and i didn't know what to do with my life at that point at all because that was literally my only focus was be computer guy and so my dad said you know what our pastor went to uh this bible college why don't you go there for a year and figure yourself out i got there and for me it was it was a when you know people said talk about life-changing experiences it was a it was a all of me changing experience when I walked in there because of my history of of bullying of, of be, being being bullied I should say of really difficult times through school and just really hard I walked in there and I didn't like people mm. and they were people are mean and people are horrible and you can't trust them and you can't trust your friends and you know I just kind of walked in there I paid extra just so I wouldn't have a roommate right like it was when I walked in there it was it was uh, I was an angry 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 young man and it was within a few months after being pestered by everybody in dorm, all these guys who wouldn't leave me alone and kept inviting me to things and, and being nice. And, and, you know, like eventually we were at a a prayer meeting where, 
where I just I, I raged out. I went full Hulk, full Hulk mode, man. I was I was red in the face and and crying and and I was just shaking. And these guys were holding me down as I was on the bed and uh, and praying over me. And they didn't know what was going on, and I barely knew what was going on. And really, what it was was like this cathartic moment of having to make a choice between continuing in that bitterness and that 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 distrustful nature and just hating folks or choosing to come back to come back to God, come back to Jesus, come back, mm. uh, allow people into my life. And as soon as I did that, it's like, it's like a switch flipped that mm, the, mm-hmm. I started, I was a start able to kind of hear God more. He said one thing. Uh, I remember that he said, stay here. And so I did what I always do. And that's as much as possible. So I signed up for the four year program and I, okay. uh, I stayed there. I'm like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'll stay here. And and I, it was awesome. I joined a band. I got a girl. I got a girl who turned into my wife. I had friends. I was able to build like a really big, um, kind of group of people that were all meeting together. It was great. It was awesome. Loved it. When I got out of out of Bible college, I thought I would go into ministry. I didn't know what, so I just walked up to the denominational leader and I'm like, hey, I got a bachelor's of religion now can i have a job i was like no <laughs> will you sir sir will you give me a job i have this paper here <laughs> yeah and he's like no you have no experience well, i had you know and you so why don't you either go get 10 years of experience or a seminary degree and i'm like sure i like school so i went back to sem- went to seminary and i took hmm. a master's degree and literally I, I kid you not third year you know second semester i still didn't know what i was doing with myself hmm. i'm like I know I'm supposed to be here. I know I'm supposed to be in ministry. I know that my life is dedicated to the church, but I don't know what. At that point, I've been guiding myself for so long. I've been guiding myself to every mentor, I want this guy. And I'm, to every church, I want to serve in this church. And to every ministry, I want to do that. And I think that's mm-hmm. what I want to do. And and I gave up. You know, second, I gave, I said, God, uh, I will do whatever anybody tells me from now on. I'm done. I'm letting go. And then the next day, my academic vice president, the guy who had been working with me for a little while, he, he called me up and he basically said, I want you to go preach at this uh, this little church. And if it was two days before, I would have laughed him off the phone. I don't mm. preach. I'm a background guy. I okay. am play the bass, sit in the in the sound booth, you know, nerd, don't want, you know, I don't like people and I don't like being in front and I don't, I just don't, I want to be back here. I will be more than happy to elevate you to be great and you can have all of my skills and I really don't care if anybody knows it. That's where I want to be. And then uh, God hands me the microphone and he goes, go up to the front and preach. And I gave the world's worst sermon for uh, <laughs> we all entirely did way time. fast, way too, <laughs> I, I, I preached like eight pages in 12 minutes. It was, it was blistering. You're, Everybody you're, looked like yes. like that old Maxell commercial where their hair's all blown back, and, you know, and, the, and that that was what the everybody looked like. Just like you're just like you're spitting four hundred words a minute, just legit like churning and through it. Not an um to be heard, nothing, <laughs> just straight. Yeah, and so after that though, uh, the church said, you know, could you come back? And then yeah. they like the drink uh, from the fire hose, man. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and then another church heard, and another church heard, and I started preaching around uh, the city terrified every single step of the way hmm. and it was it was then and really working with the the AVP that kind of went you know what I think you might be a preacher and the which was totally freaking me out totally freaked me out hmm. and so I I graduated and I said God send me where you want want to send me and my first church was uh, a little church in Cleveland Ohio where I was the of all places 
solo pastor of a church of the average age 73 i was the youngest person in the room that wasn't that mm-hmm. wasn't uh, one of the two children <laughs> it was yeah and so i got there and uh and i was officially a pastor i had to learn a lot uh-huh. i got you know i got trounced a few times and it was sure. i'd learned a lot of humility because when i was in edmonton everything worked man when i was mm-hmm. in seminary and like whatever i touched was great like i'd like i'd do a small group and blow up and let's do this ministry it blow up so i went to cleveland i just assumed i was just going to be billy graham of cleveland and you know everything would be great and god's like here's what that looks like when you think it's you and mm-hmm. it just you know and so it's been Oh, isn't 15. that the case though? Where God oh, takes yeah. us through seasons of, of both like showing us success and then just humility, right? Mm-hmm. Just a, a replication of the story of the Israelites just lived out in our time, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I I did that for for sixteen years. I served two um, abusive churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I've hit burnout twice. Uh, it, I had a, a a hard road to hoe as a, a minister, and it was it was a lot. A lot. It's been it's been a lot for a long time. When I got to the last church that I that I served full time, been there. I went there for about seven years. We got to the end, and and everybody's streaming story starts the same these days. It's like, and then COVID, right? And then COVID. Sure. You yeah. Know? So yeah. it's what happened is basically the half the church disagreed with closing and half the church was fine with mm-hmm. it and they took off and they started their own thing. Every pastor's like, favorite season of life. Legit. Oh, dude, like, like <laughs> my elder is, you know, an, an anti-vax who wants to go have a a, a little church in the woods and, and like, he's like, yeah, so we're, we're gathering these people from other churches and we're driving into the, to the woods and then we're parking. We're going even farther so the government can't find us. We're going to have service there. And I'm like, oh, dude. All right, fine. And so the church is like, we can't afford you anymore. Like he took half the church with it. So I'm, so we're, you're going to have to, we don't know what to do with you. So be warm and well fed, have a nice, have a nice life. And so I went home and I'm like, well, now what do I do? Right. Am I, am I done with ministry? Hmm. Like I, I, I was a hurting unit, right? I was, there was a, I had been working like crazy. You guys know how that worked. You know, it was like make the videos and put it out and have the zoom meetings and make sure you try to contact everybody all the time and everything's 10 times harder. Uh, so I'm, what do you want me to do? God sat down and had a conversation with a, a friend, a really good, wise, smart friend who said, uh, don't stop doing something uh, just do something yeah man. yeah like don't, do something you yeah, gotta you gotta quit, study you know. and you gotta have some kind of reason to keep going so i did and so that's where i, I really l- I level I, I really pressed into the podcast mm. changed that and did as much as i possibly could and i started to get that impression like you know what i i want to get feedback i want to talk to people because mm. the podcast goes out there and then it just it's gone it's in the ether and you never see it hear anything back so how can i do that and i started looking into it and and it was basically live streaming it was mm. the answer. I want to. I want to be able to do this, but I want to be able to do it live. One of my favorite things to do, and I did it for a decade and a half. Was I called it overtime after church? Everybody come back into this into the sanctuary. I'll stand here. You can ask me whatever you want. We'll talk about the sermon. We'll talk about what's in your life. We'll do counseling. You can ask me about free will versus determination again for the seventeen thousandth <laughs> time. And then, and you know, so I so I loved it, and so that's when I started bouncing it off of. You know, my my mentor bouncing it off my friends, uh, asking this, myself the question, "What should I do?" And then, as the confirmation come in from people being like, "Yeah, that sounds like something you should do. It really fit you well. I think that would be something." Mm. I looked into it, and that's where I started to experiment with what what would live streaming look like. 
And then I thought it was going to be YouTube. I just assumed it was going to be YouTube. I didn't even know, like, I didn't know Twitch at all. I knew it yeah, existed. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, I you mean, know? it's its own little bubble, right? In some yeah. ways, it, like, you, it, when you enter the world of Twitch, you are entering, like, this other city that most people didn't know was on the map. Right? A whole other country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like living in Atlantis. You know, like, it's, yeah. it exists, it's big, but nobody knows it's there. And as soon as I started researching Twitch, what's it like to be a Twitch? Who's on Twitch? What, what's going on there? My heart immediately was like, these are my people. My heart goes out to them. This is who I want to communicate with. They are mm-hmm. people who are, you know, lonely, lost, disillusioned, people who with mental health issues, learning disabilities, people who have really been, you know, hurt by organizations, hurt by the church, just folks who are at home and they there's a reason that they're there. And so I my I'm like, yes, this is I want to do that. I'll tell you a little story, kind of tangentially. For a long time, and this is this is true. It's gonna sound like I'm faking it, but it's absolutely true. For a long time, Whenever I crested the hill coming into Ottawa and it was dusk or night, I would see, you know, the city, the Mm -hmm. lights across the city and each individual little apartment building and and all the rest of that stuff. And it would often bring me to tears. Hmm. I would come across and because the, the reason was here are a million people I will never be able to talk to. Mm. And I will never be able to reach. And I have, I can help. I have counseling skills, and I have answers that they want. And I can, I can help you meet Jesus, and we can, or I can put you into a group, and you can get help. Like I can, I think God has given me the ability to help you. And I will never find them, and they will never see me, and I will never know how to help them, and they will never come to church, and they will never be part of anything, and they hate Jesus, and they, they how? <laughs> and I would, I would, I would cry, mm. I would weep, and. This ministry, Twitch, and this is this is the only revelation I had like within the last eight months here. This is God answering that prayer. Hmm. Yeah, confirmation of like, hey, you want to know how to reach the people that you viewed to be completely outside of your reach, right? Because you're in, you're inside the doors of the church, mm-hmm. um, and no matter what you do as as the leader of this church, there are going to be hundreds of thousands of people that are never going to step to the door whose stories you won't know. And, and and to be fair, I, what I love about that is it's it it goes it's kingdom right. It's bigger. It's because even if you are like, hey, let's just say hypothetically, our church exploded in growth. Let's say something changed, and we became the biggest church in Canada, right? And we had mm-hmm. thousands of people coming every weekend. I am still only going to scratch the surface of this space, it's one space, and there are hundreds of thousands of spaces like this space with millions of people who are never ever stepping through the doors of the church and one of the things we say at lux a lot is our our church exists to reach people who'd rather go to hell than go to church and and really you know god god i think calls people into ministry in a handful of different ways but certainly he confirms that calling for breaking your heart for the people who are lost Mm -hmm. yeah it it, we're we're not only post-christian like we we live in a a society now where I used to say, I said this 20 years ago where grandma isn't a Christian. I think mm. right now we're in the we're, great grandma wasn't a Christian. I mean, there's no heritage of faith for so many people. Like it, it, when I was growing up, you'd ask somebody, you know, what are you a Christian? They'd go, I think so. I, I like, my yeah, grandma goes to Anglican church, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, but now the answer is just plain old no. 
Yeah. And why would you be? Look at have you seen what the church has been doing with you know to people and children and and neighborhoods and stuff? I hate you know, and so and my heart or hurts. almost like I haven't thought about it. Like we're getting to the point. Or for that, yeah, you know, like why would like, I? Oh, I haven't even. I haven't really considered that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? Am I religious? Of course not. Like, no one's religious, yeah. right? What do you mean? Yep. Isn't that yep. something? Like, people were that, like, decades ago, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, that, no <laughs> We've gotten been, over that as uh-huh. a society. Yeah, we've yeah, moved exactly. past that. But, yeah. but you're 100% right. And we encounter people. And, and in the online world, right, that that is more readily available, right? Because, if you you know, even here in the States, you grew up in the Bible Belt. That's not really the case still. Um, but, you know, when you start ministering to people in Sweden and you start ministering to people in England and Australia and, you know, other areas of the world where, you know, you being in the in being my northern brother uh, it, right now. Right. I think that. Canada, to a certain extent, has progressed culturally further down that line than what certain sections of the U.S. have. And so oh, certainly. In, in some yeah. ways, you see that even before I will see it. I'm in the northeast of the United States, so we have progressed further that direction than, say, you know, the Bible Belt, right, has, or, you know, if you're in Georgia or something. Um, but that, that's, that's really astute. Like, the, it's generationally gone from, from the conversation. Right. Canada's right in the middle, right? Like you got Europe, which is like super liberal, and you got U.S., which is a little, you know, kind of behind. I don't know, ten. I think it was ten or seven or eight years or whatever behind yeah. Europe, mm-hmm. and Canada's right in the middle. We've got this it, crazy, super hyper liberal insanity stuff, like like free drugs for everybody, and and it's we're gonna can't we're, we'll buy you your own heroin, and we're gonna if you want to die, we can die, and if you're twelve and sad, we'll you know the government will kill you. Like it's that's that's the level we've got going on, but also we have this uh, a bunch of conservative like they go to Western Canada really, you got a ton of conservative stuff going on there too because you got mm-hmm. farmers and you got all this rural uh, area that is still you know fairly fairly conservative. But again, it's a it's a sort of an agnostic conservatism, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, we could, I, I'm sure that you and I could derail endlessly <laughs> off of your story Sorry. and into this. Uh, I, I, I guarantee that we'd be capable of doing it. Um, so, so all of that to say, we have, your, we have a lot of your, your story, your narrative. Uh, COVID really provokes you to head into streaming three years ago. You decide to take that dive. And since then, you've been building teams, investing in people, which is pretty unique in the space, right? Like you haven't been a solo act from day one, which I'm sure comes to your ministerial background, right? Of the concept of building teams that I am not the church, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but that we communal communally are followers of Jesus. I want to connect people to one another. You're doing all of that stuff, but there also had to have come this season of discernment for you where it went from, um, because we talk about this a lot on, on this, on this podcast of like there, it's not always easy to discern if God is telling you to do it if he's calling you into a point of passion and for a lot of people, right. They got on Twitch. They saw Tim, the tap man, they saw Ninja, they saw Dr. Mm-hmm. Lupo. And they're like, I want to do that. Right. And they do, they see the allure of the wealth and the fame and all of those things. Yeah. And then they see a Christian and they, so they find your stream. Right. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I can actually do this as a Christian. And then there's the struggle of calling, right. Mm-hmm. Am I actually called to do this? as a follower of Jesus is, is God asking me to do this or does this just seem like a, a cool mashup of my childhood fantasy of being known and being famous and also the faith that I grew up with. And if I could pair those two things together, how cool would that be? And 
I think discerning is this God or is this me is hard. So how has that played out for you? Because you certainly operate with a really high sense of calling. Like God is going to take care of me because he told me to do this and he figures it out. And I don't know how he figures it out, but I'm following him. Right. And yep. so tell me about that process of moving from I'm pastoring in a church to I'm now doing live streaming to I'm giving my life to live streaming. Um, and I feel that this is the calling that God has really placed on my life. It's a big deal, right? Like for me, I, I'm a, I'm the breadwinner. I'm the dad. I've got, you know, kids at home. We got to, uh, we got to feed those kids. And my wife expects, you know, to have a house and all that stuff. So it's not like I can, I can just mess around. After ministry, believe it or not, I didn't have a ton of money in the bank, right? It's not like I have a huge pile I can draw from. So therefore it's like, I got to make sure that if this is where God wants me, that, that this is where God wants me. And so it was, it's, it's, it's no different than anybody else's call. It's asking the question, okay, I'm going to go talk to my mentor. I'm going to talk to my Christian friends. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk to people that know me. I'm going to talk to pastors that, you know, they're not my friends, but they are pastors. And I'm going to tell them what's on my mind and what's on my heart. And I'm going to ask them what they see and just kind of hearing from them, you know, like, yeah, we see that in you. And yeah, that definitely lines up with what we think. And let me pray about that. And yeah, you know what? I really think that God has, has this for you. Uh, searching in, inside, you know, it's uh, that that nighttime story for for sure. But at the same time, I uh, this it fits my skills and talents and interests and mm. history and education perfectly. I fill a gap that that no one else is is filling, right? So it makes sense that God be like, yeah, you, because nobody else is doing it. So go ahead and that this is a calling. It's uh, if there's not a million people out there that are trying to do what I'm doing, uh, I. Because of my my history of pain, mm. it f- matches the people who are online, the people that I'm that I'm reaching. They that my the tuition that I paid through you know three decades, four decades of of difficulty was is is part of that story. It it matches the people I'm trying to serve, mm-hmm. and uh, really the the there's a moment there's I had I had a real Belgium's donkey moment where. It was like, I don't know what you want me to do here, God, because I, I get it. I'm going to go on. You want me to be online? I get it. I, how, how do you want me to pay my bills? Like, mm-hmm. am I supposed to go get a part-time job? Am I supposed to go, you know, go to a church and well, maybe I'll try to work this in? What do you want me to do? And and I came up with a great solution. I was going to work with it for a nonprofit, a parrot rescue. Like the parent, you know, I don't know if you know about parrots, man, but people do not treat them well, and they they don't realize they live like I don't know eighty years or something. And, and so and you're they're very like, there's finicky. a nonprofit that rescues said parrots from unprepared yeah. pet owners. Yeah. So and it's like two blocks from my house, right? And it's the okay. it's the only one in Canada. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. So they they and there can't they be a ton to- of parrots in Canada, right? Like that's not you probably don't need more than one. Parrot. More than well, yeah, yeah no, yeah. yeah, but there's enough, enough for one, okay, enough for one, okay, got yeah. it. Yeah. I love, I love this part of the story. I just, <laughs> just for the for record, one. I love the parrot rescue section. Okay, go ahead. So I, I go, I, I figured this is the perfect solution. It's a nonprofit. I like working for nonprofits. You know, they want a, a media guy. You know, they they want someone to come in, do the website, make videos, do the, uh, you know, make editing, do all kinds of stuff like that. They have pictures. They, you know, I'm, I'm the guy. I love that. I get to work from home. They said, we'll give you a one-year contract. Uh, we think it's, uh, we, and I'm like, great, that'll be perfect. So I can kind of do this thing in the middle. And it's, and here's how much money and it should be just enough. Neat. So I do three interviews. At the third interview, 
the third interview, the, I'm sitting across from like the, the person running the joint, and uh, she says to me, you know, you're perfect for this job. You're exactly who we want. We've been, we've been trying to get people to do this for th- two years, hmm. and you're exactly who we want. I cannot in good conscience hire you. Hmm. You clearly have such a passion for this online ministry thing that it would be wrong for us to take you away from that. Hmm. So go and go do that. Go do that. And that was to me, she's not a believer, right? She's not, she's not a Christian. This wasn't like a Christian telling me this. It was someone who just saw a passion. And for me, I just heard God very clearly go, listen, I've got this. Just trust me. Hmm. Just trust. Just go do. You go forward and do your thing. I'll take care of you. And uh, I'm like, okay. So I told my wife, I'm like, okay, we're doing. I'm going to do this, and this is what I'm going to do full time. I'll hit it as hard as I can, and I'm going to try my best. And and I believe that God's going to pay our bills. Don't know how, but but He will. And I have been, and and, and for th- almost three years, yeah, I've been living like that. Yeah. Oh man, uh, I love that. I love that story. One of the things that we've done. So I mean, you and I both having pastoral backgrounds, right? We've we have systems in place in our brains, right? When somebody says, is God telling me to do this? Yeah. We have all the check boxes, right? And so when someone asks me, I say, well, does scripture check the box? You know, is it is it against scripture? Okay, it's not. Is it, do you feel like the Holy Spirit's provoking this in you? Yeah, stoking those fires. Okay, have you talked to mentors and people if they, you know, okay, yeah. Do the circumstances present themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Are, the, are the doors open that required? Is God already painfully redirected you from something else, <laughs> you know, yeah. in, in this direction. Um, you know, what does that look like? And we, we talked in the last episode that I did with Miss P about the book whisper by Mark Batterson, which is all about the various ways that God speaks to us. And so I, I love that for you, right. You could articulate all of those things, right. Mm-hmm. To another person. But when it comes to you, like when it comes to you as an individual, um, it's not always as easy it's easy to articulate it to the person who's coming to you and saying, is God speaking to me? It's not always easy to receive it <laughs> and, yeah. and trust that this is what God is asking me to do and to hear God speak to you through somebody who wasn't a believer, right? This it wasn't like you were going to a mentor and mm. saying, hey, wise person who gets to speak into my life. Is this from God, right? It's like, you know, in the ver- there's various passages in the scriptures where God sends somebody, right? Whether it was a queen from a foreign land sent to Solomon, whether it's wise men from an Eastern kingdom that are sent to Jesus, whether it's where he sends people to speak and be an example to his chosen people. And so uh, this is the first narrative that we've had in, in terms of calling where it was like, God gave me such a surefire sign because he actually spoke to me directly about my calling through somebody that by all rights had no reason to speak to me about calling. Um, And it's so beautiful sometimes when God just grabs our attention and says, hey, I know the way that you want to do this, but let me let me tell you about my faithfulness if you'll follow. And I love that. Every every ministry I've taken for my entire career. I've gotten less income. <laughs> mm. I've I've achieved less for my entire for all for twenty straight years, and so I'm used to living in uh, living living by faith, right? And that that might mm. sound arrogant, but what, what I'm saying is that is that I have seen God act so 
so clearly, so mm-hmm. miraculously, so many times that to, to step in and go, okay, well, if God's in this and, and this is where he wants me to go, I don't know what he's going to do, but I'm, it'll, it'll work out. Like I, I remember a time where I was, you know, down to a dollar 10, you know, I didn't have a job. I was, I had just left one because of, or I, I you know, whatever. I won't tell the story, but anyway, I, I down to a dollar 10 and I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. And I, I know you don't like debt and I don't, I know I'm not supposed to put this on a credit card. So I need provision. Hmm. And then, and that day I had someone call me up and, and ask me if they want, if I like strawberries. And I said, I do like strawberries. I would love some strawberries. And she came by and she came up to the, came up to the door and she handed me the strawberries and had a little, little note in it. And then she ran away and her car blisteringly, I mean like back to the future flames <laughs> left, left the street. I'm like, that was weird. And so I open up the, uh, the envelope and it's, uh, uh, a little note that says, you know, I really appreciate you, and and I want you to know that uh, that God's with you, and here's five thousand dollars, so that uh, hmm. because he he wants you to have this, and boom, there it is, and that got me over the hump, and then I was able to keep moving, like, and that's that kind of story has played out multiple times in my life. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think it's interesting when you you come to moments like this, you have other people who hear about it, and these stories are inspiring, right? Um, you know, for some of the people who've been on the show. The calling was, I don't know, I tried my hand on this and it just started working. And so <laughs> God confirmed it that way. Right. And yeah. there, and then you do have some of these sort of like mountaintop or valley moments for people where it's almost like a divine intervention, like God intercedes and steps in is like, this is what you're going to do. And so, you know, I always want to be aware of the fact that like when if this is the only episode that you're listening to, right, if you're out there and you're listening to this and this is the only episode that you're listening to, like listen to some of the other stories and narratives of calling that have been part of this space, because I think it's always important when you hear a story like Christian ninjas where you do have like this almost divine appointment moment, right, um, that you hear that that could happen for you. Right. That could be part of your narrative, part of your story. But God does speak to you in a multitude of ways as well. And so um, there could be lots of other ways. And so I think that's why it's so important that we are asking the same question of so many people, because then you hear the different ways that God has spoken and their narrative isn't the same as your narrative. Right. Your story isn't the same as their story. And God chooses to work in unique ways that are true to you. And so it's not like a one size fits all. What I'm hearing from you, Inja, is like, Hey, this is the way that God spoke to me. Like tune your ear to him and listen to him if you feel like this is where you're supposed to go. I I wouldn't I wouldn't wish my path or testimony on on anybody. Like the the, the difficulty and the and the pain in the uh, that I've been through has been been monumental. Mm-hmm. The the tuition I've had to pay uh to get here is is consequential. Mm-hmm. It's consequential. Um yeah. it cost my son his life. Hmm. It, it's difficult, but God treats us all as individuals. He He doesn't just see us as a people, right? He sees He sees Mark and He sees Alan. He sees individual people, and He speaks mm-hmm. to them individually. And the Holy Spirit is 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 connected to you, not just the Bible and not just the church, but He's He can He'll speak through you. You got to listen. Yeah, there's universal principles, and yeah, you need guidance, and yeah, you need to be able to to be able to walk forward understanding that the church is a thing and the body of Christ is a thing. But 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 at the same time, uh he really is available to you hmm. personally. Just love that. That it's not gonna be 
identical to anybody else, but at the same time, you're going to see echoes of other people. Mm. It's, oh, I yeah. love that. I love that. Yeah. It's not going to be identical, but you will see echoes of, of how it's been lived out. And and some of this podcast has been that. It's the echoes, right? Mm-hmm. It's the echoes of saying, hey, this is how God has spoken to us. Maybe he confirms something in you and you're calling through that. Um, well, listen, uh, Ninjas, we get ready to land the plane, right? As, mm-hmm. we get, as we get ready to finish. One of the things that we love to ask is, what is something that, you know, March of 2021, right? Christian Ninja's getting ready. He's got his, he's got his Twitch name. He's got his tag. He's, a, you know, you've researched Twitch. You're like, this is where I'm to be. This is my people. And I'm about to hit go live. So what is the, what is the Christian Ninja of the beginning, January 2024? If you could sit down and say something to Christian Ninja of March of 2021, what would you tell him? I, th- I think there's two. Uh, I thought about this. You, you told me to. To think about this, and so I, I gave it some thought, man. So I think there's two really big ones. I think the first one I would say is, you know, as usual, you know, you should be used to hearing this by now, but you're not going where you think you're going. So <laughs> that's so true. It's very you, true. You need to be dependent, you need to listen, right? Like when I first started out, I thought it was like everybody else, right? I, I think I'm alone, there's nobody else on the platform that is a Christian, it's just me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make this streamer evangelist safe community that everyone else did the same everybody's story, I did the same thing. And uh, that's what I just assumed it was gonna mean. And it was it took months uh, before God really started to zone in the, 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 the compass towards a completely different point. Right, where mm. he's like, No, I want you to be who I have been making you to be for your whole life. You still get to be pastoral. You still get to be, you know, a Bible teacher and an organizational developer and a leadership development guy. That's what you're still going to do, but you're going to do it here. Mm. Okay. So it, I would say, like, listen, you're not going where you know. I, I think yeah, God has exper- wasted nothing. Right. He's all all the, exactly. All the experiences that I had, you know, kind of figuring out how to be a streamer, I, I would never trade that for the world because it's, it's again, it's uh, it's how you, how can I teach streaming if I'm not a streamer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the second thing I would I would tell myself is is I give myself permission to be a streamer and to be myself on stream. Hmm. The it sounds silly because you hear that from everybody, but I really did try really hard to to find the perfect game and to find the perfect program and find the perfect calendar and and to 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 be a great product, right? Mm-hmm. And I was always so stressed out that like to that people weren't liking that exact moment of the stream. How could I have made that one minute better? How could I have have been more? whatever like oh i picked the wrong game everybody hated that i hated that and i would just i would just consciously say dude chill out they there you can if you go on there and you have fun and you enjoy yourself and you are just streaming the youtube stuff and all the tiktok stuff and just don't don't worry about that i know you want to be this whatever and grow but just engage with the community that you have on stream because that's what i that's what god called you to to that community so stop reaching out everywhere else be okay with that because and this is where i'd follow it up with is to say this is a reward for you you've mm. been given a gift in this ministry because you are going to be so happy Every day. I have never, I have laughed more in the last three years than I did in the last 40. Hmm. I, this has been the greatest experience ministerially and personally that I've had 
I think, I think maybe ever. This is a reward. Enjoy it, man. Mm. Play the game that you want to play and, and, and have the conversation you want to have and, and laugh with your community. And, and you don't have to freak out every day, all day that your overlays aren't right and everything didn't work and your game's not right. And what am I supposed to play and what am I supposed to do and what calendar should I have and, and what is the next perfect stream going to be? You don't have to do that, man. Hmm. You've got a bunch of people that, that if you're just, you're just you who God created you to be and you're talking to them from your heart and enjoying it, man, it, that's how it's going to work. You're going to be hmm. fine. You'll be fine. And it would have saved me a lot of stress. I, mm. I worked, when I first started, I did uh, five straight months, seven days a week, 14-hour days. Hmm. Not healthy. Not healthy. Yeah, it's, that's quickly on, your, on a Not path healthy. to burnout very quickly. It, legit. And it, uh, so I took a gift. Like, it would be like someone, you know, here, here's a present, you know, go play baseball. Uh, here's a baseball mitt. Go, go play catch. And mm-hmm. you went out there and you're like, I'm going to be... You know, I'm going to go straight to the majors and I'm going to go out here and I'm going to play <laughs> until I'm dead. And for, every, you know, like that's not why I gave you the ball, man, man. Like, you just you ruined the gift. You ruined the gift, man. Legit. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was meant to have fun. And you're, and you, you, you I, like, I didn't hand you a burden. Exactly. A burden. So true. That is exactly yeah. true. Stop treating it like a burden. It's a gift. Oh, man. You know, there, there is, uh, there's something in there. For people who are out there, there's no doubt, but there's something in there for this pastor as well. So uh, there's, there's something in there for me because the number of days, um, yeah. Well, listen, you know, uh, you know this, I know this. It's as a pastor, there's a certain weight and burden that you carry, right? And um, and, and listen, like I realize that, uh, you know, I don't think that you call um like your Christian Ninja brand, the live stream, right? I realize that you call yourself a streamer. I know that you're a pastor. You have the pastoral heart. I realize that like you're doing leadership development, not necessarily holding church services. Although I, I would say that all of your pastoral gifts that are at, you know, existing inside of leading a church existence out of what you're doing now. So you understand sure. that burden and you continue to carry that with you, right? The burden of wanting to disciple people, care for people, be there for people, you know, all of those things. So then you also know the burden of like walking outside your house and seeing the construction worker who's just fixing the road and being envious of the guy who's just fixing the road, who in the end of the day just has to make sure that he fixed the road. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and feeling and feeling that feeling. And, and that oftentimes in my experience that has come whenever I have been as a pastor bearing a burden that was intended for the Holy spirit um, yeah. and was not intended for me to carry. And I think a lot of times what should be joy filled as a pastor, what should be joy filled as a minister becomes burdensome because we carry the weight of what only the Holy Spirit is capable of doing on our shoulders. And um, we're incapable then of living in the freedom and the joy of calling that God has placed us, right? That that yeah. feeling in early ministry that, that you and I both have had, right? Of those early days, everything that I touched was gold, right? Of feeling like this isn't even work. <laughs> feeling mm-hmm. like this isn't even work. I can't believe I get paid to do this. I just love this. Um, and that, that sort of thing can be restored. That thing can be that feeling, that knowledge can be restored if we will allow the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit and allow us to be limited, finite human beings that are partnering with God and what he's doing, which is exactly what we are. And in there's a certain sense, especially in pastoral ministry, where you have this deep desire to be infinite. Um, well, this that yeah. old illustration, of, you know, the, the the farmer can't make the seeds grow, right? You, yeah. He goes out there and he puts them in the ground, and and he, then that's it. 
Like he can't do anything else. He can create the environment and then it's up to God from there. Uh, God will either send rain and sun or God will send a tornado and we don't know. You have no control. It's the same exact thing when you're in ministry, same exact thing when you're doing anything connected to to what God wants. And that is your part of this is quite minuscule. You have an obedience Mm. level that you need to follow, but all the stuff that you think is going to happen and all the the fruit and all that stuff, you really can't make it happen. You really can't. Mm. It'd be like standing out there and yelling at the ground to try to make the the plants grow. It's not going to work. Yeah. Oh man. Amen. Well, you know, uh, Ninja, you and I like the, the, the thing that I love about talking with you, right. Is, um, uh, there, right. There's this, uh, I don't know. There's this understanding that you and I an can affinity. have. Yeah. There's yeah. an affinity. There's an understanding, um, that isn't necessary that is shared by some people in the space. Don't get me wrong. There, there's brothers and sisters in the space, um, who've been through some of, some of the trenches, right. And I haven't been through the trenches you've been through. You haven't been through the trenches I've been through, but, um, sharing some of those things similar, uh, always, always makes it enjoyable for us to get into these conversations. And, um, yeah, one of my regrets of NCMS was that I was so busy that I didn't get that opportunity to connect with each person the way that I wanted to. So, one of my I literally we had a meeting for it and this is going to land the plane at a meeting for NCMS yesterday and I said uh, I don't need to do as many things as I did last year so that I actually have the chance to to meet with and connect with people in a real way so hey listen if you could have met with everybody there and there was only 20 people in the room and you could have had a good conversation well I don't think you would like that either uh, that's probably true, right? Not <laughs> infinite, not infinite. Um, well, listen, with that being said, guys, thank you for listening to the NCMU podcast. Keep your ear to the ground. Um, we had our final meetings. Um, well, our final like meetings for like landing the plane on dates and location for uh, NCMS 2024. So I think by the end of January, I'm not sure when this episode's coming out. I think it'll be out by the end of January. But by the end of January, we should have made an announcement or very soon thereafter about the days and locations. Um, and I'll give a little uh, I'll give a little teaser, but um, it, it's going to involve being very close to some mountains. And uh, it will also be uh, very, very likely in the month of October. So those are the two things. Just keep it aware if you're thinking like um, thinking October, um, midweek October mountains. And so little so teaser. bring a jacket. You're bring a bring jacket. A jacket. Yeah. yeah, bring a jacket with you. <laughs> um, we're really excited for all that's coming up with Neuroculture Ministry Underground, the collective with the summit. Lots of great stuff going on. So keep your ear to the ground and check it out. Uh, link to a Discord in the in this episode as well. So if you want to check that out, check it out. Um, and uh, as always, we'll also put links to Christian Ninja, the stuff that he is doing on Twitch and places. Um, so you can go check him out. Um, and uh, what, right now, Monday through Thursday, live streams, right? Monday through Thursday, yeah. And shout out to just Taco, the Alliance for Creative Outreach, which is the... Uh, the network that I that I created. That's where I do my training for Christian content creators. That's where we've got the the people together. That's where that's where a lot of the the fun stuff that anybody who's listening who is a content creator and wants support and wants some some love and wants to be be taken care of and, and wants some training. That Taco, go to Taco. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know. I guess uh, you have a website for Taco or a yeah, yeah, TacoNetwork dot org. TacoNetwork dot org. We'll throw a link for that um, in in this episode. But if but if you are having trouble finding it, just head over to Christian Ninja's stream as well and uh, mm-hmm. and chat with him there. I'm sure he'd be willing to direct you to it. And there's links to it all over his page as well uh, if you're having trouble finding it. Um, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Nerd Culture Ministry Underground Podcast. We thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as always, be sure to come back for next episode. 
been listening to the NCMU podcast with hosts Mark Lutz of Lux Digital Church and Bubba Stalkup of Love Thy Nerd. NCMU is a member of the Love Thy Nerd podcast network and available on all major podcasting platforms. The NCMU podcast is part of a greater movement called the Nerd Culture Ministry Collective. You can get more information about this show, our guests, and how you can join our Nerd Culture Ministry Collective Discord server by visiting ncmcollective.com. Music